Lesson 6 of The Elements of Herpetology and Ichthyology. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information, or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Lauren Huff. The Elements of Herpetology and Ichthyology by William Ruschenberger. Lesson 6. Order of Acanthopterygians. Family Percoides. Perches, rockfish. Family of Meloides. Red mullets, flying fishes. Family of mailed cheeks. Family of cyanoides. Family of sporoides. Family of menides. Family of squamapennies. Family of labyrinthiform pharyngeals. Family of scomboroides. Mackerel, mackerel fishery, tuny. Swordfish, etc. Division of osseous fishes. Order of Acanthopterygii. The order of Acanthopterygians is easily recognized by the disposition of the branchiae and upper jaw and by the spinous fins. Three-fourths of the fishes known belong to this group, but these animals resemble each other in so very many respects that in spite of the numerous differences we remark among them, we can only separate them into several natural families, all of which we are obliged to place in the same order. The first fin rays of the back are always bony and spinous. When there are two dorsal fins, these spinous rays only sustain the first, and when there is but one of these organs, they sustain at least its anterior portion, and we sometimes find them entirely free or separate. Generally, there is also a bony ray to each ventral fin, and frequently the anal fin has some spines for its first rays. This order is divided into six natural families, the most remarkable of which are the percoides, the meloides, the mailed cheeks, the labyrinthiform pharyngeals, and the scomboroides. The family of percoides, or fishes that resemble a perch, is composed of fishes that have an oblong, more or less compressed body covered with scales, which are generally hard, the mouth large, and armed with teeth. Situate upon the front of the vomer, and almost always on the palate bones as well as the jaws, the branchial arches and pharyngeal bones, the operculum, or the bone situate immediately anterior to it, and therefore called preoperculum or antioperculum, is dentate or spiny on its edge, and the fins are always seven or eight in number. They have no beards upon the chin. In general, they are adorned with beautiful colors, and their flesh is very agreeable food. Most of these fishes have the ventral fins attached beneath the pectoral. Those in which this arrangement occurs are known under the name of thoracic percoides. They are subdivided into two groups characterized by the number of the soft rays of the ventral fin, which is five in the one and seven in the other. Among the first are those that have seven branchiostegus rays, the small, thin, and elongated bones which sustain the gill membrane, situate beneath the operculum, and serving to complete the external parietes of the branchial cavity, two dorsal fins, and all the teeth very fine and close, like the pile on velvet. They are the perches, the rockfish, etc. The perches, perca, are distinguished by their smooth tongue and by the spines and teeth on their opercula, they inhabit fresh water. The common perch, Perca fluviatilis, which is greenish, with vertical blackish bands, and the ventral and anal fins red, is found throughout Europe as well as a great part of Asia and the United States. It inhabits lakes, rivers, and running streams, and avoids salt or brackish water, and ordinarily keeps at a depth of two or three feet. These fishes do not swim in numerous shoals. They feed on worms, insects, and small fishes. They spawn in the month of April, and their eggs are joined together by a viscid matter in long cords, which interlace among reeds, etc. The rockfish, or striped bass, Percolabrax, 
is a sea fish that has the tongue covered with asperities and the opercula somewhat different, but which in other respects closely resembles the perches. On the sides are parallel lines like narrow ribbons, eight in number, which give it the name of striped bass. The scales are large of a metallic luster, and the operculum is serrated in the middle plate. This fish abounds on our own coast and is much esteemed as an article of food. The family of Meloides differs but little from that of the Percoides, but is easily distinguished from it by the large scales with which the whole body of these fishes is covered, and by two long cirri, or beards, which hang from under the lower jaw. It is composed of the mullets properly so-called, of which two species are found in Europe, namely the red mullet and sir mullet. The red mullet, mullus barbatus, has the body and tail red even after the scales have been removed. Its size is ordinarily from 8 to 10 inches. It lives in many seas, particularly in the Mediterranean, and is much prized for the excellent taste of its flesh. It is celebrated on account of the pleasure which the Romans took in contemplating the changes of color it displays while dying. Exorbitant prices were paid for mullets of extraordinary size, and at entertainments they were brought to the table alive and cooked before the eyes of the guests. The sir mullet, mullus sir mulletus, is larger than the mullet and is longitudinally striped yellow. It is more common in the ocean, but its flesh is less esteemed. The family of male cheeks, buci lyricati, is recognized by the manner in which the suborbital bones are prolonged to the opercula and protect the cheeks. In this family are placed the flying fishes, Dactylopterus, in which the pectoral fin rays are very numerous and united by a membrane so as to form very large pectoral fins, which they use as wings, to sustain themselves in the air when they spring out of water in the hope of escaping from their enemies. Voyagers meet with them in the Mediterranean, but particularly in the tropical seas. They swim in numerous shoals which the bonita and other voracious fishes fiercely pursue, and when, to escape this danger, they spring into the air, another not less great awaits them, for a host of seabirds such as the frigate and phaeton also pursue them, and embrace this opportunity to pounce upon them. These fishes cannot go very far in this way, because the drying of the membrane which unites the rays of the pectoral fins forces them soon to fall back again into the sea. The family of Cyanoides resembles the Percoides, but is distinguished from them by the absence of teeth on the vomer and palate. In general, the bones of the cranium and face are cavernous, and the muzzle is more or less inflated. Almost all the fishes of this group are good to eat, and many of them are exquisite. To this family belong the umbrina, which is a large, good fish, the carvina, which is found in the Mediterranean, and the drum fishes, or pagonias, which inhabit our own coast. The last are remarkable for the noise they make, which is compared to that of a drum. The family of spheroides has neither the inflated muzzle nor spiny operculum of the preceding, but the palate is free of teeth, and the body is covered with scales of greater or less size, and the mouth is not protractile. In the first tribe of this family, called sparus, we find on each side of the jaws round molar teeth in form of paving stones. Sometimes there are also, in front of the jaws, two cutting incisor teeth almost similar to those in man. It is the case in the sargus, some species of which live near the Mediterranean coasts. At other times we only find in front some conical or blunt teeth. The Dorotes, Chrysophorus, are recognized by this latter character, and by the existence of at least three rows of molar teeth in the upper jaw. The common Dorotti is frequent on the coast of Brittany, as well as in the Mediterranean. Its body is oval, and its mouth furnished with four rows of molar teeth above and five below. It derives its name from its golden color. The small family of Menides is composed of fishes that very much resemble the Sparoides, but which are distinguished from them by the mouth which is very protractile, and, at the will of the animal, converted into a tube. 
The family of squamapennies is recognized by having the soft and sometimes the spinous part of the dorsal and anal fins covered by scales, and difficult to distinguish from the mass of the body, which is compressed and also scaly. Some of the cyanoides also have the fins encrusted with scales, but they never have the teeth in the form of flexible bristles as in most of the squamapennies, and their inflated muzzle is often sufficient to distinguish them. The squamapennies, in which the jaws are furnished with several ranges of teeth, similar in conformation and arrangement to the hairs of a brush, have been united under the name of ketodon. Their mouth is very small, and the dorsal and anal fins are so covered with scales that it is difficult to distinguish them from the body. They are very numerous in the seas of hot regions, and very remarkable for the beauty and variety of their colors. The castagnolis, brahma, and the archers, tohotis, etc., differ from the ketodons in many respects, particularly in having teeth on the vomer and palate. The first have the muzzle very short, the forehead vertical, and a very small number of spinous rays concealed in the anterior portion of the dorsal fin. They inhabit the Mediterranean. The archers, or shooting fishes, have the forehead very oblique and the dorsal fin very far back, armed with strong spines and not covered by scales. The common species, Tohotes jaculator, inhabits the Ganges and the seas of India, it is celebrated on account of the manner in which it projects drops of water on insects that frequent aquatic plants in order to throw them down and feed on them. They throw a drop three or four feet high and rarely miss their aim. This singular instinct is common to a species of ketodon that inhabits the same places. The family of labyrinthiform pharyngeals is a small family remarkable for possessing very complicated cells above the branchiae. These cells, enclosed beneath the operculum and formed by the lamellae of the pharyngeal bones, serve to retain a certain quantity of water which keeps the branchiae humid when the animal is exposed to the air, and enables it to live in this way for a considerable time. These fishes are in the habit of leaving the rivers and pools, their ordinary abode, and going to considerable distances by crawling on the grass or on the land. Those that possess this labyrinthiform apparatus in the highest degree of complication, and which have received the name of anabas, not only remain a long time out of water, but also, as we are assured, climb trees. Most of the fishes of this family inhabit India and China. The family of Scomboroides is the most important of this order. It comprises many fishes of considerable size, the taste of which is excellent, and the fecundity so inexhaustible that in spite of the continued destruction to which they are subject, they return yearly in immense lesions to the same localities and offer themselves as a certain prey to the activity of fishermen and to the industry of those who make it a business to prepare and preserve them. The tuni, the bonita, and mackerel, which are so useful to man and form a type of this family, are easily distinguished from other acanthopterygians, but many of the species that are naturally grouped around them possess none of the marks which make them known, and establish such close relations with other families that the limits of the latter are difficult to define. In general, the scomboroides have very small scales and a large part of the skin smooth. They have neither spines nor teeth on the pieces of the opercula. Their vertical fins are not scaly. The tail and the caudal fin especially are ordinarily large and very vigorous. Most of them have the sides of the tail carinate or armed with scales in the form of a shield, and in many, the posterior rays of the second dorsal and anal fins are separated and form so many false fins or spurious fins. Those which possess these last characters and have the dorsal fin continuous form the tribe Scomber. Their body is in the form of a spindle, the tail is short and more or less carinate laterally, but not armed with shields, and the caudal fin is very large. They are excellent swimmers. This family includes the mackerel, the tunny, the swordfish, etc. The mackerels, scomber, are distinguished from the other scomberoides by the uniformly small and smooth scales with which the body is covered, by two small cutaneous crests situate upon the sides of the tail, and by a vacant space that separates the two dorsal fins. 
The common mackerel, Scomber scombrus, has a blue back marked with undulating black stripes and five false fins. It is a migratory fish, and at certain seasons abounds on the coasts of the United States and Europe. The importance of the mackerel fishery may be estimated from the fact that in the state of Massachusetts, no less than 308,462 barrels were packed during the year 1830. On the western coasts of England, this fishery is conducted with nets at night by torchlight. The fishermen spread themselves over several leagues and cast their nets, which are sometimes more than a league in extent, in the direction pursued by the shoals of mackerel. The meshes of the net are of a size to receive the head of a moderate-sized fish, but arrest it by the fins, and when it endeavors to extricate itself, its gills become entangled and it is held prisoner. Mackerels are also caught by hook and line. The genus of Tuni, Thinus, is closely approximated to that of the mackerel, from which it is distinguished by a sort of corslet around the thorax, formed of scales which are larger and not so smooth as those on the rest of the body. The common Tuni, Scomberthinus, resembles the mackerel in the general form of its body, but it is rounder and attains a larger size. In general, its length is three or four feet, but sometimes it attains to more than fifteen. This fish is sometimes seen in the ocean, but it abounds especially in the Mediterranean. At certain periods, it coasts along the shores in innumerable legions, and gives rise to very important fisheries, which have been carried on in the Mediterranean from the remotest antiquity, and constitute a chief source of the wealth of Provence, Sardinia, etc. One of the most remarkable modes of taking the tunie is by what is termed the madrog. This name is given to a sort of labyrinth constructed of nets stretched out vertically in the sea, and so arranged as to form a series of chambers open from the land side by a sort of door, and united by another net which bars the passage and arrests the tunies in their periodical course along the shore. These fishes at first pass between the shore and the chambers destined to receive them, but arrested by the net mentioned above, they turn towards the high sea and enter the labyrinth where they become confounded and fall an easy prey. On the coast of the United States, they do not run in shoals. They are occasionally taken in baiting other more common fishes. In Europe, the flesh of the tunie is very much esteemed. It resembles beef and is preserved either by the aid of salt or by boiling and immersing in oil. The bonita, Scomber pilamus, celebrated on account of its pursuit of flying fishes in the tropics, is a species of tunie, which may be recognized by the longitudinal brown stripes with which its belly is marked. The tribe of swordfishes is distinguished from all other fishes of the same family by the beak, or long sword-like point, which terminates the upper jaw and forms a powerful weapon with which these fishes attack the largest marine animals. The swordfishes, properly so-called Siphius, are without ventral fins, and the prolongation of the muzzle is flattened horizontally and is cutting like a broad sword blade. But one species is known, Siphius gladius, which is often 15 or even more feet in length. It is more common in the Mediterranean than in the Atlantic. The flesh, which is white and compact, is delicate. This fish is not uncommon near our own coasts and is often taken with the harpoon. Another tribe, called Centronitus, is characterized by the absence of the membrane that unites the rays of the first dorsal fin, which consequently remain free. Among other fishes belonging to this tribe is the pilot fish, Nocrates, or Scomberductor, so called from its habit of following vessels to seize what may be thrown overboard, and also from the habit attributed to it of conducting the shark, which, directed by the same instinct, also very frequently accompanies vessels at sea with great perseverance. They have a fusiform body, very small scales, nearly the same as the mackerel, and cartilaginous carinae on the sides of the tail like the tunie. The common species is about a foot long. The family of tineoides is composed of acanthopterygians, which approximate the scomboroides. They also have very small scales, but are distinguished by an extremely elongated body. 
very much flattened on the sides, the form of which has obtained for them the name of ribbon fishes. The family of Thutees also resembles the Scomperoides. It is composed of a small number of fishes, the body of which is compressed and oblong with a small mouth, but slightly, if at all, protractile, and armed in each jaw with a single row of cutting teeth. The palate and tongue are without teeth, and there is but one dorsal fin. The Thutees are herbivorous. The acantheri, called surgeons on account of a large movable spine sharp as a lancet which they have on each side of the tail, with which they inflict severe wounds on those who imprudently take hold of them, belong to this family. The family of Mugaloides is distinct from all the preceding, and is characterized by an almost cylindrical body, covered with large scales, a slightly depressed head and short muzzle, a transverse mouth armed with extremely fine teeth, two separate dorsal fins, ventral fins attached behind the pectoral, etc. They constitute a single genus, the mullets, Mugil, which are much esteemed. End of Lesson 6 Recording by Lauren Huff